begin this Easter message, this message today called Expect the Unexpected. And uh, here's what I want to do is uh, be sure that you're, you're checking in, make your comments as you're watching our live stream. But hey, how about this? When you get the chance, when you're, uh, when you're watching your live stream, if you have another device or another phone available, why don't you take an Easter selfie of you and your family gathered together in your Easter best, you know, just, uh, just for us. And go ahead and post that on the live stream there. Take your little Easter family selfie and get that posted. Uh, well, as we're talking about expecting the unexpected today, hey, we, we, we are kind of, uh, we have kind of the unexpected here, uh, actually, in our facility where our, we're filming and bringing this live stream to you, and that not everybody can say this, but we have the Easter Bunny here today <laughs> running sound for us. I think we're going to get a shot of the, the Easter Bunny that is uh, here today running sound for us. So again, not everybody can say that, but, uh, but here the Easter Bunny is here, and I think the Easter Bunny may be making some unexpected stops a little bit later on today, so um, kids can look forward to that happening a little bit later on. Well, again, expect the unexpected. That's what we're talking about today. You know, when you think about what is what expectations are, you know, there are certain laws in life that we understand and adhere to. You know, at our house, there are certain expectations, especially when it comes to kids and, and behaviors. There are things that, that are expected to happen and things that are expected not to happen. Uh, but again, we have expectations in life. We have expectations at home with our family. Uh, we have expectations at jobs. We even have expectations that all this craziness will eventually be over and we'll be able to get back to kind of life is normal, whatever normal really is, um, although really I'm kind of hoping that things really don't go back the way that we, they were, and maybe we all learn to love each other just a little bit better through all the craziness. But, but again, there are certain expectations and, and in our world today. You know, if you're driving, if you're out there driving, you know, taking one of those uh, corona drives, uh, trying to, to shake off the, the cobwebs of being cooped up in your house so long. Uh, it, there's an expectation that if you get out there and you drive 80 miles an hour in a 35-mile-per-hour zone, uh, what's, what's going to happen? Well, there's a good chance you might get pulled over and they might give you a ticket. That's an expectation. You know, and there's an expectation with the law of gravity. You know, if you, if you take a ball and you hold it in the air and drop it or a pin or any object and you hold it up and drop it, the expectation is it's going to fall. It's going to hit the ground. That's a law of gravity. We expect the laws of gravity to be in place. And there are other expectations. Some of those come from, from names. For instance, if you uh, go to or if you call, I guess in this case, Pizza Hut, if you call Pizza Hut, the expectation is that Pizza Hut is going to have pizza, right? You don't call the, uh, Pizza Hut and expect nachos, or you might, I don't know, but uh, maybe some crazy thing they're trying during all this craziness. But anyway, the expectation is that typically when you call a pizza place, there's going to be pizza on the menu. Well, there's another expectation that, that comes with the physical laws of nature, and that is this. When someone dies, we expect them to stay that way. I mean, we hear some occasional stories, right? Some, some people who say they have some near-death experience where their body kind of physically dies for a short period of time, and during that time, they have something that happens to them that they can later recall. Um, but, you know, when people die, and people are dead for a period of time, we expect them 
to say that way. You know, someone shows all the signs. They're, they're dead. They're, they're buried. And they're in a tomb, especially for the better part of a few days. We don't expect them to bounce back at that point. We can say pretty much that, okay, they're dead. They're not coming back. But you see, God has been doing the unexpected all throughout biblical history, all throughout the history of his creation. And today, this Easter, uh, followers of Christ, of course, know this as Resurrection Sunday. This is the day that we recognize that Jesus did the unexpected, at least from the standpoint of mankind. And he got up and he walked out of that tomb. Let's take a look at our passage for today. Is Luke 24 verses 1 through 9. And it says this, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And of course, this they is the women that Luke talks about in the previous chapter, towards the end of chapter 23. He says, They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and not this dazzling apparel as I'm wearing, but this would be dazzling as in white that almost shone, you know. So uh, they appeared in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified And on the third day rise, and they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Won't you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for doing the unexpected, at least from uh, from a mankind perspective. Father, we thank you for the resurrection and for the promise of it that we have as followers of Jesus Christ. Father, this day that we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday. Father, we are so thankful that you are alive, that Jesus walked out of the tomb, and that we serve a risen Savior. I pray this morning that our hearts and minds are turned to you as we think about how you do the unexpected and what that means for us and how uh, we need to live in the unexpected. And Father, it's in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Well, in case you didn't figure it out from all of this, God has a plan. None of this surprised God. None of what was about to take place surprised him. Uh, The fact that mankind couldn't handle all the laws from the Old Testament and all that stuff that went down, again, none of this expected him, and it all falls into God's plan. You see, God has a plan, and it covers everything. In Isaiah 14, 24, it says this, the Lord of hosts has sworn as I have planned, so shall it be. And I, as I have purposed, so shall it stand. You see, God does as he plans. God's wisdom reigns supreme. Now, the thing about it is, for us, it doesn't always make a whole lot of sense. Isaiah 55, 8, uh, and maybe you've heard this verse before, uh, but this is one that pretty much explains why we can't fully understand everything that God does. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You see, God's infinite wisdom, his infinite knowledge, uh, so encompasses everything that we can imagine, and our minds are very finite 
In other words, there is a limit to how much we can think, how much we can process. But for God, God is infinite. That means he is beyond finite. There is no end to him. There is no end to his wisdom, to his thought processes. And so in our finite minds, we cannot fully understand the thoughts of God. And therefore, we can't fully understand the ways of God. My ways are not your ways, he says. But God knew when he created us, he knew that, that we were not perfect. You know, he goes all the way back to Adam and Eve and all the way back to the fall of man. Um, you know, what you may, may have heard about the original sin, about Adam and Eve. Y'all heard about that, right? Adam and Eve, first man, kind creation. You visited the creation museum, maybe not far from here. Uh, but Adam and Eve, the beginning. And, and they had it made. Uh, but then there was this one rule in all of the garden, and that was... Over here is this tree in the center of the garden. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And here's the thing. You can enjoy its beauty and you can sit back all you want to, but whatever you do, don't eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Well, they had one job, one rule, and it didn't work out so well. Of course, the the tempter comes along, the serpent, and um, they gave in. The one rule, and they broke it. You know, have you ever wondered what would have happened if there were no rules in the garden? You know, if there was no rule and they could do whatever they wanted, they could say whatever they wanted, they could eat whatever they wanted, you know, then there wouldn't have been a fall. But there was a rule. Why? Because God in his perfection means that there are things that we must do to try to seek to be like God, to to try to attain our own Christian perfection, although we can't do it on our own. you know, it makes me wonder if there hadn't been a rule, would, would sin have kind of creeped in anyway? Would, would sin have made its way in? You know, I, I'm pretty sure that Satan would have found a way in somehow or another. But, but again, the one rule, couldn't handle it, original sin with Adam and Eve. And of course, that means that, that not only does sin enter into mankind, it entered into the world because the world in its perfection was now broken. And so all of the orders of things are also broken. And so God comes along and and he gives the law. And this is to put man back in touch with achieving or attempting to achieve perfection, seeking God's goodness. And and so God's plan all along with his people would be guided by the law. Now, what do you think about when you think about the law? You think about maybe the Ten Commandments, right? And that's just ten, right? Ten commandments. There in Exodus 20, we find those. But did you know that there are a grand total of 613 commandments altogether? And there are commandments about what to do, about what not to do, how to handle pretty much just about every situation. All of these things were designed by God to help his people seek righteousness. And God knew that his people wouldn't be able to keep all the laws, and so that meant that God required sacrifice. Now, you know, that's maybe not what you would expect from God. Expect the unexpected, though, right? Hebrews 9.22 says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Again, this is a law. This This is something laid down by the creator of mankind to say without sacrifice, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so the law continued, and man continued to 
break the law and man continued to have to bring their sacrifices before God, that blood sacrifice seeking that forgiveness of sins. And that cycle continued and it continued and it continued. But then that plan extends to Jesus because God knew that this law was simply a placeholder. It was just holding place until God shows up himself to take care of business. Um, Common thread throughout Scripture weaves through the, the preparation and the coming of the Messiah, the one who would uh, who complete the law. The Old Testament points to the coming of the Messiah throughout multiple prophecies. And, and even as all the, all the way back as early as Abraham, there was a foreshadowing of things to come. You see, the thing about it, though, when we talk about what's unexpected, we need to understand that when we think of the unexpected, it's unexpected by us, by mankind, by man. Unexpected by man still means it's planned by God. So Jesus comes along. Jesus was unexpected. Now, there were prophecies about the Messiah, and even though there was prophecy that talked about the Messiah coming through Bethlehem, there were well, the Jews had a hard time relating that to God coming down into the form of a little baby and being, being physically born on the earth. Uh, the, the mindsets of, of mankind, uh, the Messiah was going to come, he was going to show up, but he was going to show up a full-grown man, and he was going to show up ready to go to war and kick out the Roman Empire. At least that's what many of the Jews believed. So Jesus shows up. In an unexpected way, Jesus showed up to do some unexpected things. You know, again, God foretold what was coming, but man still put their spin on it, on what they thought it should happen or how it should happen. But again, go back to that birth story. Here's Jesus, born of a virgin, a young woman. You know, there wasn't really anything special. Now she was blessed. She was a God who uh, she was a, a girl who loved God, who loved the Lord. Uh, she was righteous. She found favor in the sight of God. And then what about those guys that showed up? You know, the guys from the east, the Magi. Remember, they were also expecting something more too. Now, they, they read the birth, and they saw in the stars and, and all of the things and all of the prophecies, they believed that this Savior was coming, but they also believed that he would be a king, that he would be royal. So when they show up, where do they go? Do they go to the palace? Because where else do you find royalty, right? But again, Jesus shows up in an unexpected place. Even though prophecy talked about Bethlehem in, in the very simplest beginnings, very humble beginnings. That's where Jesus shows up. And as Jesus grew into man, he, also unexpected, came out of Nazareth. And, and even as he was calling his disciples, the disciples didn't believe that he could come out of Nazareth. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 1, verse 45, uh, Philip found Nathaniel. This is Jesus calling his disciples, and they're starting to come to him, and they're, they're finding out about who he is and, and starting to follow him. And Philip goes to Nathaniel, and he says, look, we found him, the one that Moses in the law, also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathaniel looks at him, and instead of getting excited to say, hey, the Messiah has come, prophecy is being fulfilled, Nathaniel looks at him, and he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Philip's answer, come and see. Hey, it's worth a look, right? So, so already, again, back to this idea of being unexpected. Jesus 
born in Bethlehem, born as a baby, and then comes out of Nazareth into his ministry. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, apparently so. But Jesus continues to fulfill the unexpected by man. So the disciples went, they walked with Jesus, they heard him, they saw him do all of the things that he did, and yet Jesus still did things that they didn't expect. I can't really imagine what it would be like to walk with Jesus each and every day and to see Jesus perform the miracles and do all of the kinds of things that he did. And so they saw all of the power that he possessed and all of the things that he could do, and yet they still often struggled with Jesus' divinity of who Jesus truly was. I mean, think about some of the things that he did. First of all, he walked on water. Remember that story? You know, they're in, in the boat and and Jesus comes walking out to them, and they're scared with the storm, uh, but they see him walk on water. And, and, and what about, now towards, this happened more towards the end of his ministry, but what about him raising Lazarus up out of the grave? And Lazarus wasn't just a little dead. He wasn't just barely dead. He was a lot dead. He'd been in the grave for several days to the point they're like, no way, this can't happen because, the, you know, without getting too gross here, the body would already start to have deteriorated at this point because he'd already been in the grave four days and Jesus healed him, called him forth out of the grave. Jesus did other amazing things like casting out demons. And, and what about feeding the masses? You know, the, the disciples, they were right there with him. They saw, you know, they're the ones who, who brought this little boy to him that had had a few loaves and of bread and some fish and not enough, pretty much enough for, for him to eat and maybe a snack later on. But that was probably about it. And yet, there were 5,000 people, although Scripture tells us 5,000. Most scholars believe that they didn't even count the women and children, so there may have been 12, 15,000 people upwards that Jesus fed with a few loaves and fish of that miracle of feeding the masses. Again, Jesus doing the unexpected. And so then that kind of brings us to where we are today, what we celebrate today, Resurrection Sunday talk about the big reveal. You know, this is, this is Jesus who, who did what was totally unexpected by man. You know, the disciples walked with Jesus. They saw all of these amazing things that he, they did. He lived with them, you know, and yet they missed the biggest promise of all. Back in Matthew 16, 21, before all of the things went down that led to Jesus and the disciples being there at the Last Supper and then to the and turn into the uh, crucifixion and the trials with Jesus. In Matthew 16, 21, it says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day and be raised. So, again, these weren't what took place were all things that Jesus had talked about. Now, I think the disciples had gotten so used to Jesus talking in parables and talking in stories that when he basically was saying, look, we're going to Jerusalem, it's not going to be good. You know, they're gonna, we're going to go in and, and they're going to think we're great and, and they're going to lay down the palm branches and they're going to cheer. But then just a few days later, the crowds will turn and I'll end up dying so that I might be raised again. I'm going to die, but that's not the end of the story. You know, and, and yet he told them these things, and yet they missed it. Again, I think he talked so often in parables and stories that, that they did not take this as a literal understanding of what Jesus was trying to do. He tried to prepare them. He tried to get them ready. But again, this idea of this man dying and getting up and walking out of a grave was beyond 
their expectations beyond anything that they could imagine totally unexpected. But just like the scripture tells us that I read earlier from Luke 24, you know, they heard him, but they didn't fully believe him or understand. You know, you know they would not have gone to anoint the body. Think about that. If, if they believed that Jesus was going to get up and walk out of that tomb, then why would they have gone to anoint the body with spices? And this was typical Jewish preparation for the body. And since uh, that was not able to happen, his body, his Jesus' body was taken off of the cross late on the, uh, um, you know, the day before the Sabbath. Then, then they would not have been able to get his body ready and prepare him as would normally take place. So if they knew that Jesus was going to get up and walk out, then why in the world would they even bother with that step? And why would they have been in hiding on the third day if they had truly learned to expect the unexpected? Again, throughout history, God has done the unexpected. You know, miracle after miracle after miracle. If we look in throughout Scripture, think about the unlikely events of the Red Sea. Remember that story with Moses uh, heading out of, of captivity in Egypt and leading God's people to what looked like their doom as they're caught with Pharaoh's army behind them and the Red Sea in front of them. And what happens? God parts the sea. Moses lifts his hands, the sea parts, and the... Israelites cross on dry ground. What about the story of Elijah and the, the fire from heaven? Remember, he was challenging the uh, prophets of Baal. And, and he said, okay, let's have a contest. Let's see how this works. And they built an altar, and he had him pour water on it, do all kinds of crazy things, and make it even more difficult for him to win. And yet, fire came down from heaven. And all of the people saw the true power of God. What about just the idea that, that Israel's greatest king would have been a young shepherd boy who would have come from that kind of beginning? So much so that, that, that when Nathan the prophet went to Jesse, David's father, and started saying, it's, you know, it's one of your sons that's going to be king. And Jesse even brings everyone out except David. Because he's off in the field. And he's like, well, he can't be him, right? But we know that's exactly who God worked through. Unlikely people have been used by God in unlikely ways all throughout biblical history. And the time was now. The unexpected was happening. Jesus was alive. Jesus had ridden, has risen from the dead. You know... In, uh, in my life, one of the things that I have enjoyed watching over the years were all of these home makeover shows or these restaurant makeover shows. Like there's one called Restaurant Impossible. I think it's still out there. And uh, it used to be there were just a handful, and, and now there's, there's pretty much every channel from HGTV and Discover and all of that. There, there are all kinds of these makeover shows. And every one of them always ends with something happening called the Big Reveal. It's, it's when, you know, the people who, who own the place, whether it be the home or the restaurant, whatever, you know, they, they're not able to be there. And then when all the, the work is complete, when all the remodeling and the rebuilding has taken place, then, then they're able to come in. 
and see where, where they've taken something old and they've made it new. And at the end, they have this big reveal. And the owners get to see the, the big, new, the bigger, the better. It's, it's always you know, bolder and better than anything that they could have imagined. Well, I'm going to tell you the big reveal of Jesus is bigger than any reveal on TV because Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. The biggest reveal of all time is this. God's not dead. You see, God lives. Jesus lives. He got up. He walked out of the tomb. He is not here. In verse 6, we read earlier, He is not here. He is risen. You see, we serve a risen Savior. Jesus is alive. He's alive. Think about that for a moment. Death couldn't keep him in the ground. Satan couldn't stop him by manipulating Judas and and the chief priests and Pilate and all of those that were involved in Jesus going to the tomb. And what happened? It only made him stronger. It made the truth even greater that Jesus is alive. Jesus is who he says he is. He did exactly what he said he would do. And with God, that means we must learn to expect the unexpected. With Jesus, it was unexpected. You see, when man says it's impossible, God says, not for me. We have a place in the resurrection because Jesus and his triumph over the grave. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 54 through 57. This is a passage I've read at at, at many funerals of, of Christians, of saints who have have gone on to be with the Lord. It says, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's what Easter Sunday is all about. That's the unexpected that we need to come to expect. God is greater than anything, even death. It's so easy right now in this very difficult time to to get frustrated, to sit back and say, oh, I can't do the things that we want to do. I can't, can't go to my favorite restaurant. I can't get together with my faith family and and, and celebrate Easter Sunday. But here's the thing. Regardless of how we get together, and just I'm so thankful for technology that we can do this, uh, but regardless of how we can get together, you know, the church has been deployed. We still are out there being the church. And even if we can't get together on Sundays or on Resurrection Sunday, it doesn't change the fact that God is alive. Jesus is alive, that he conquered death And the grave. O death, where is your sting? And see, the thing about it is we need to live in that victory. We know that regardless of all this stuff that's going on, that God is greater than anything that we face. And yes, we might be temporarily inconvenienced. We might have to be a little more careful about going out, about contact with other people and making sure that we cover our nose when we sneeze so somebody doesn't bash us over the head. We have to make sure that we uh, wipe everything down and, and wear our gloves and our masks and be safe. And yes, we should do all of those things. But know this, that God is greater. And there's going to come a time when we, we're on the downside and, and all of this is, is history, it's behind us, and we will look back and say, you know, regardless of what went down, God was greater than all. He's greater than any disease, than any virus, than any flu, than anything that happens. 
And yes, there will be some sickness and there will be those who, who pass, who die because of what's going on. But again, God is greater than all of those things. So this morning, I do want to ask you that question. Do you know this victory, this victory of resurrection, this victory of Jesus Christ? Please, please, please hear me out. Do not turn away today without considering what God is offering you. If you're watching out there on your computer, on your phone, don't X out, don't close out, don't don't close the app, whatever, just because I'm talking about what you know personally. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? You see, Jesus lives so that you might live. Jesus gives us resurrection power, the imperishable. We become the immortal. Now, this fleshly body, this thing that is weak, that is susceptible to viruses and sickness and all that kind of stuff, this is temporary. Remember that this is temporary. We get so caught up in the short term. We get so caught up in the small picture, the little picture. It's time to start thinking big picture. The big picture is this. Jesus died so that we might live. Even when Jesus showed up to the disciples in the time that Jesus physically walked the earth and he called his people to him, they heard what he said, they saw what he did, but still so many of them were very short-sighted. You know why? Because they were Jews and they were tired of the Roman Empire being in their business. And even though the Romans had let them go on about being Jews and still worshiping at the temple and offering their sacrifices and all of those things... Uh, They were tired of the Romans. And the Jews, most of them believed that when Jesus showed up, when the Messiah showed up, he was there to kick out the Roman government and reestablish Israel as God's premier nation. But you see, that's very short-sighted because Jesus showed up not to establish a physical kingdom of of, um, reestablishing Israel. He showed up to establish the spiritual kingdom, something that was much bigger than that picture that the disciples had. They were ready for, for Jesus to overthrow the Roman government. That's not why he came. Jesus came to establish his spiritual kingdom on earth, to establish that we as followers of Jesus Christ, whether we be Jew or Gentile, it does not matter that we all have a promise in the resurrection, which is greater than any single empire, country, or nation in the world. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Make sure that you live in that resurrection, that you live in the promise of Jesus Christ and learn to expect the unexpected. Jesus always does the unexpected. Be prepared for a miracle. Be prepared for what God's going to do in your life. I'm so excited to be here at One Hope because, uh, you know, this church has been through a lot. This church has been through stuff that pretty much outweighs anything the coronavirus can throw on us. Um, And I'm not saying I'm not talking about being a martyr or anything like that, but I'm just saying we have come so far. God is continuing to bless us as a church. He is continuing to bless us as a people so that we in turn may have a kingdom impact on this community right around us. And that means that we uh, as followers of Jesus Christ need to continue to remember to expect the unexpected so that we might do unexpected things in the community all around us. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for spending your Easter morning with us here live stream on 
Facebook. And uh, I, I just pray that you would have a, a wonderful day celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ and that as you move forward, you continue to expect the unexpected because God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And God, God uh, gave us the victory over death, gave us the victory over the grave. Now, let's live like a risen people and make sure that the world around us knows there's something special about us because we've learned to expect the unexpected. That God indeed reigns supreme. Have a wonderful day, and we hope to see you back here next week. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed or closed out, however you want to look at that. We uh, thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We thank you that we can expect the unexpected because you conquered death in the grave. You bring us victory, that victory that we celebrate on this day, this Resurrection Sunday. Lord, I pray your blessing upon all those who are listening and hearing this message today. Lord, I pray that you will continue to help us to live in a resurrection life, to live in a way that is unexpected so that your kingdom sees the increase and your glory continues to spread throughout the land. Father God, I just pray that you would watch over us and keep us safe so that we at one day may return back to to worship together again as as a faith family and as a group here with one hope and in this community. Father, just thank you so much for all you have done and continue to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Thank you again. We hope to see you back here next Sunday morning at 10 a.m., live streaming right here.